0: Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. So good to be here uh, tonight and uh, give honor to the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Give honor to Pastor Pruitt and uh, give honor to all the saints in the house, all the ministers here. Amen. So good to be here once again. Thank you, brother. I was here last night and uh, we had a good, we had a wonderful fellowship service last night. You know, on the way down here, Pastor Penrod, was, uh, Pastor Penrod brought me, and uh, he was concerned that maybe not very many people would be here because of graduations and, and uh, vacations and different things. And I said, I know who's going to be there. Amen. Amen. I know who's going to be there. The Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name. Now, uh, Psalm 133, how good and pleasant is it for brethren to dwell in unity? Amen. But verse 3, it says that that's where God ordains His blessing in life eternal forever. Amen. So when we're in unity, it pleases God. And so anytime the church is open, I wouldn't want to miss Amen. If the church is open, I wouldn't want to miss because Jesus is going to be there and I don't want him to see me missing. (laughs) Amen. But God is so good. And I know and I understand that there's a lot of things going on and sometimes you can't make it. And Jesus understands that also. And uh, God's mighty good. Amen. Uh, We'll just uh, show you some pictures of the mission field. I'll explain it to you a little bit. Later on, I'll uh, leave a few verses with you in the Bible. But before we get into the pictures, uh, my father and mother have been in Brazil 55 years. My father's from upstate New York. My mother's from Massachusetts. They were Trinitarians before they went. And uh, my father uh, and mother both wanted to be missionaries in the country of Brazil when they were growing up. And and, uh, my father moved to Massachusetts for work. And he met my mother and, uh, you know, what, young people, um, you know, they start seeing each other and they want to get married and, you know. And so uh, mom and dad was married and uh, they were still Trinitarians and Brother Cunihiro was here in Brazil. Brother Kunihiro, uh was a senior missionary there in the country of Brazil and uh, Brother Cunihiro and my dad, they met in the U.S. Army there in San Antonio, Texas and they became friends. And brother couldn't hear. Wanted to be a missionary. and other people, other uh, brother couldn't hear. His brothers uh, wanted to be missionaries also. So brother couldn't hear went first. Uh, my mom and dad they wanted to go, and there was some something uh, holding them back. And uh, brother E. J. Kalinda, many years ago, from Michigan, and brother L. A. Parent, Bishop L. A. Parent, many years ago. Uh, and other ministers, Brother J. Edgar Hughes. Uh, they got together and they paid Brother Kalenda's way to go to Brazil to baptize Brother Sokini Hero on the mission field. Right. So, Brother Brother Kalinda went to Brazil, baptized Brother Kalinda Hero on the mission field there in the country of Brazil. And uh, Brother Kunihiro wrote to my father. And around the same time, my father was reading in the Bible, seeing where he needed to be baptized in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And so, when they When my father received the letter, he needed to go to Detroit. Uh, He needed to go to Michigan, get baptized in Michigan. So my father worked all week long in Massachusetts, got on the bus Friday night, went to Michigan. And uh, Saturday night in church service, uh, he was baptized in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As he came up out of the water, you know what happened next. Amen. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And so soon after that, the Lord opened up the doors, the the paperwork that was hindering and uh, not coming through. The paperwork came through. They went to the mission field. Uh, Years ago, brothers and sisters are going to hear, when they first went to the mission field, they had $5 a month. We're talking about 60, 60 60-some years ago. Years ago, 55 years ago, mom and dad went to the mission field. They had $10 a month. And so when I went, I had 25 But, you know, one time I was having a little pity party on the mission field telling sister, couldn't hear her, and she said, you had that much? We only had five when we came, and your mom and dad had ten. And, uh, you know, but mom and dad was on the mission field, and the first three months I was here, I had $25 a month support, and that was it. It was a long month. I wanted to do a lot of things, and you know, uh, it's hard to do things when you don't have a whole lot of money. But the Lord says when you're faithful over a few things. Amen. God wants us to be faithful. Amen. And so uh, we still struggle from time to time, and uh, I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith. And on the mission field, I overextend myself numerous times, and I borrow money to keep Mission Field going, and then I come back to America when, when money's real tight. I come back to America, work a while, visit some churches, raise some funds, and pay back what I owe. And uh, a lot of times when I go back to Brazil, I'm about breaking even. And, uh, but it's a, it's a faith work. Amen. And God is so good because He backs it up. I've helped build uh, 60 small starter churches in the country of Brazil, one in Bolivia, one in Kenya, Africa. And uh, we never had a nickel to start building a church, Amen. But we have faith in God, and so uh, you know. Uh, so we'll see the slides, and I'll talk a little bit more about the mission field uh, as we see the slides. And uh, recently, I sent out one hundred fifty thousand tracts of Jesus name baptism. And uh, uh, March, there was uh, fifty-six people that got baptized in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank the Lord. All the honor, all the glory go to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, in uh, in uh, April, those 86 people baptized in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. Amen. One time I was going back to Brazil, and I was on a fairly new airplane, and and I was really happy to be on a new airplane. Sometimes I've been on some old clunkers, that I didn't know if it was going to make it or not. And uh, 2 to 3 o'clock in the morning as the plane was going to Brazil, 11 miles off the ground, 600 miles an hour, uh, the plane just started free-falling. It started falling straight down. It it fell at least a mile, at least. You talk about a prayer meeting in the sky? (laughs) Oh, I had a good prayer meeting in the sky that night. And when the plane's falling, you don't have a whole lot of time to pray, I said, "Dear Jesus, please help me." And all of a sudden, God picked that up, picked up that airplane, kept it on going. And uh, you know, the bad thing about an uh, airplane accident—if you don't get killed—you're gonna get hurt real bad. And uh, I wanted to see my wife and kids again; they were there in Brazil. And so I thank God for answering prayer. Yeah. Amen. I thank God for answering prayer. Yeah. Amen. So. Um, and so God's mighty good. God's always with us. The economy is very bad there in the country of Brazil. The previous president of Brazil got ousted. She's a communist. And uh, Brazil's just in a big mess right now. Be much in prayer for Brazil because um, the economy is in, in real bad shape. But God is able. Yeah. Amen. God is able. And uh, one time I was up in up in the Amazon jungle and, and um, a sister of the house, she made the uh, supper for us, thank the Lord for supper. And uh, But uh, up there in the Amazon jungle, a lot of people, they eat fish head. And as I got the ladle, and it was like a soup, you know, uh, like a soup, and I got the fish, I got a ladle of soup and was going to put it on my plate, and there was a fish head in that ladle, that eye looking at me. I said, I said to myself, I think I need to stir this a little bit more, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I took it back over to the container and I went around a little bit more and I tried to grab another piece of fish and I had that, thank the Lord. And so uh, there was two American brothers with us and so they didn't want the fish head either. And uh, so when it was time for seconds, you know, the people was insisting I get seconds and so I had done my best not to get that fish head. And, uh, you know, it's hard to eat a fish head when that eye is looking at you. And uh, and the preacher, he was insisting on me eating that fish head. And uh, I didn't want it. And when he saw that I didn't want it, and when he saw the other two brothers from America didn't want it either, he was so happy to have that fish head. Oh, you should have seen the smile on his face. He was extremely happy to have that. And I was extremely happy to let him have it. <laughs> Amen. So God's mighty good. Let's uh, take a look at the pictures of uh, Brazil. And um, I think there's one before that one. But uh, this here is the Pastor uh, João Cavalcante's house. We're having a meal before going to Bolivia. Next picture, please. Uh, this here is the church building we're building in northeastern Brazil. We need to get a roof on this uh, church building. The property is kind of high. The building is kind of high, as you see, because we have a balcony uh, at the front there. There's uh, two bathrooms on the front. The entrance is where the men is at right there on that picture. And uh, as you see, the property is not very wide, so it's a long property. It's about uh, 40 feet wide, uh, maybe 100 feet long. And uh, so since there's about 120 people at this church location, we built the balcony, but the poverty is, is severe in this part of the country. Next picture, please. Here's some of the houses here in the country of uh, Brazil. As you see, uh, very primitive. Next picture, please. Uh, these are some chairs I bought for the church in Bolivia. Uh, 2010 to 2015, we worked a lot getting the church started in Bolivia. It took a long time to get it started uh... had some problems and uh... thank the lord we made it and uh... some areas we don't have a whole lot of difficulties in getting the church started in some areas it's difficult but uh... thank the lord next picture please this brother you see a brother with a bucket in the rope he's uh, taking water out of the well uh... he gets the uh, water in that bucket he puts it in that blue container in back of him and uh... this is in bolivia and so that's how they get their water out of the, out of the well Next picture, please. Uh, This sister here, she's washing dishes. Uh, This picture is in Bolivia, nearby the border of Brazil. That's basically her kitchen sink and her bathroom sink. Uh, The bathroom is to her back. The kitchen is to her right uh, from that picture. And I took the picture there, so she's washing up some dishes uh, that morning. Next picture, please. This here is the church building we built in uh, Bolivia. There's about 35 people in attendance, so it's uh, difficult to get this uh, church uh, building planted. We started it from scratch, and uh, thank the Lord for the people we have there. When this particular picture was taken, they just had half of the concrete floor, and so that same day that I was there, we had service. Uh, I went and I bought the material for the rest of the concrete floor, and uh, when I say what I'm doing in the country of Brazil, I thank the American people, the American churches, that's been praying and supporting the work of, the, of God there in the country of Brazil. I talk about what we're doing, but it's the American people that's praying for us and financially helping us that's uh, getting the job done. Next picture, please. Here's the sister's uh, kitchen there in Bolivia. As you see, there's some clothes hanging on the line inside, the, inside of the house. There is so much poverty in parts of the country, Brazil and Bolivia, in places where we go that people hang their clothes inside the house because if, if the clothes are outside on the line, someone will come by and steal them. Uh, poverty is severe in a lot of the places we go to. Next picture, please. This is a uh, picture of the Church of Bolivia before we got the doors and windows in, before we got the uh, roof completed. Next picture, please. This here is the same uh, pictures as uh, earlier. It's inside the church building. This here is, uh, we need to get a roof on this uh, building here. Uh, this is in uh, northeastern Brazil. I live in south-central Brazil, and uh, nearby the city of Belo Horizonte. Some of these places that I go to, it takes a while to get there. Some, some takes uh, two hours by plane. Some takes four hours by plane. Some takes three hours. And we have churches all over Brazil, uh, brethren, Brother couldn't hear. Him. My dad started numerous churches and from there we've gone on to new areas and so we're all we're always looking for new places to take the gospel. And so this particular place is 3 hour plane right away from where I live. Next picture please. That's part of the roof for the uh, the church there in Northeastern Brazil. Uh, next picture please. This here's uh, uh, São Domingo do Prata. Uh, Sunday school. Next picture, please. There's uh, water baptism there. We baptize in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes the alligators come into the water to see what we're doing, but God keeps the alligators away. Thank the Lord. Amen. Uh, one time, pastor was baptizing, and alligator came in, so he finished baptizing one. He took a look, and he had plenty of time to baptize one more, and so he baptized one more, took another look, and Baptized one more, took another look, and you know what? There's something alligator in the water helps people get the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Amen. And uh, they're they're not saved without the Holy Ghost, so it's a good thing the alligator's in the water. (laughs) Next picture, please. This uh, group of people here, they're looking to the baptism of the folks in the water. This on the hillside there, right nearby the little river. There, I took the picture. And so we're seeing a song while people's getting baptized in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next picture, please. Uh, This is the same church building, um, San Domingo de Prata. Uh, Next next picture, please. This here is some kids getting ready to sing. They're at uh, Northwestern Church. And uh, the church here is one of the churches we built uh, about 15 years ago. Next picture, please. Uh, Here's some transportation. Many of the people, they use bicycles. A lot of people ride buses, they walk also. Not very many people uh, have cars in these areas. Next picture. Uh, Here's some more houses. These houses are in Bolivia. Uh, Some people ride motorcycles. I've I've seen a mom and a dad and five kids on the motorcycle. Sometimes they'll put a board on the seat of the motorcycle and so the mom and the dad, they'll see it on top of the seat, which is on top, on top of the board, on top of the seat, and a lot of times there's kids hanging out the back, uh, just hanging on, and uh, some of the smaller kids, they're in between mom and dad, and usually a child in front of dad, and uh, it beats walking, it's a lot better than walking. Next picture, please. Here's a house in uh, Manaus, up in the Amazon jungle. Uh, Up in the Amazon jungle, most of the houses are made out of uh, wood. Uh, The older houses are. Years ago, wood was plentiful, and uh, nowadays they make the houses out of brick and mortar. It's a hollow brick. Um, The brick is inexpensive. Lumber right now is very expensive. And so most of the houses nowadays are made out of brick and mortar. Uh, Next uh, picture, please. This is inside the church of uh, northeastern Brazil. A three-hour plane ride away from where I live. Pastor Jones is a a pastor here, and uh, we've helped him quite a lot over the years. He also takes care of other places in that part of the country also. Next picture. This is uh, transportation in Peru. You see the man on the motorcycle. There's a trailer on the back of the motorcycle, so it's part of transportation. And uh, they're in the country of Peru. Next picture, please. When I go from Brazil to Peru, I get on a little boat like this. Uh, the boat has about a 15-horsepower engine on it. It takes about 15 minutes from Brazil to Peru. And, um, and so get on a little boat like this. And I've gone to numerous places here in the country of Brazil on a little boat like that. Uh, there's people that have the boat, and we pay a fee to ride on the boat. Amen. Next picture. This is a outside bathroom, out, outhouse. Uh, numerous families, they use the same bathroom, uh, this is in Bolivia, and so that's an outside toilet, next picture please, uh, this is the house was donated to, uh, to uh, the church there in Brazil, next picture please, uh, this is the inside, the uh, young couple, they have a daughter, you're going to be seeing them next, but the people are extremely poor, and they still gave the property and the house to the church. Because they want to serve God, they want to be part of the church, and uh, they didn't have any place to live, and so they fixed up a place for themselves on uh, on the left side of the picture. There you see some bedclothes, so they used some bedclothes to make up a wall, and so that's their bedroom in there. And uh, the the space there they use it during the daytime, but at night time they put some chairs and benches out, and uh, that's where we have uh, church service. So. We're there in the afternoon. This place is extremely difficult to get to. If you're at this place, you're going there. You're not passing through. This place right here took me an hour drive to the airport, four hours by plane, another hour and a half by plane, and then an hour and a half boat ride to get to this place, the little small boat. Next picture, please. This is uh, the sister and her husband that donated the house to the church. Uh, When we were there that afternoon, uh, the daughter was very sick. She had a high fever, and um, they didn't have any money whatsoever to pay for a doctor. If they had money to pay for a doctor, it would take probably 24 hours to get to a doctor. And uh, they didn't have any money to pay for a doctor. The daughter was very sick. We were having church service here that afternoon. I felt led to pray for the girl, and so we prayed for the girl, and Jesus healed her. That afternoon. Praise God. Next picture, please. This is our church in uh, Colombia. We helped there in the country of Colombia. And uh, Pastor Machu is the pastor of this location. Uh, he has another um, location in Colombia that he wants to uh, build a church. And so, as we can, we're going to be helping him uh, build a, another location also. But this is in Colombia. Next picture, please. These are some of the men that help us on the mission field. Uh, brother Mariano is on the left. Brother Mariano, he's a brother from the UPC church. He ho- he owns a print shop. And uh, Brother Mariano is a brother that uh, printed up the tracks for us. He has uh, big printing presses at his shop. And so um, I asked him to print up 150,000 tracks, 9,000 Bible studies. And uh, I told him that I was going to give out the tracks and Bible studies away free of charge, and he asked me numerous times if I was going to give them out. I told him, Yes, we're going to give them out free of charge. And so he calculated the cost of making the tracks. He said, Brother Barber, I'm only going to charge you 80% of my cost. The other 20%, I'm not going to charge you because it's going to be my donation to help get the tracks out. And so I thank the Lord for this brother. He's been a big help to us. And uh, the brother in the middle is Pastor Marcondes. He's uh, my right-hand man in northwestern Brazil. Northwest Brazil, Pastor Marcondes is a big help to me. Uh, the man on the right is Pastor Nonato, and uh, he's my right-hand man in northern Brazil. And so up in Manaus, in that area of Manaus, he uh, he's oversees numerous churches and helps us out, and uh, he's been a big help. Next picture, please. This here is called Capto uh, Inez. Capto Inez is a seven-hour drive away from where I live. And you see the man in the middle, that's Brother John. Uh, Brother John, he's 74 years old. And uh, the very first time I got there was a Friday afternoon. Brother Jaime been going there. We've been helping, Brother Jaime to go and evangelize that area. And so a lot of people told us that they had, didn't have any rain for six months. Hadn't rained for five or six months in that area. And so I told numerous people, I said, Saturday night, we're going to have church service. On Friday, I said, tomorrow night, we're going to have church service. And after church, we're going to ask God for some rain. And so Saturday night, those five people for church service. I was hoping we'd have more, but we we're happy with what we had. And um, Brother John, his wife, and a few other people were there. And so we had a wonderful church service. After church, we prayed. We asked God for some rain. Within an hour, we got a big, huge rainstorm. It poured. It poured, poured, poured. Thank the Lord. And so that impressed a lot of people from the area. Sunday night, we had 14 people. The five of those here Saturday, plus plus a few more. Had 14 people from the location, plus Brother Jimmy and myself. And Sunday night, Brother John said, Brother Barber, he said, I've been in the Catholic Church all my life. I don't know how to read, don't know how to write. But I want to belong to your church. I want to serve your God. Whatever you tell me to do, I want to do it. Amen. And so he's one of our first converts in that area. And so him and four other people turned their life over to the Lord Sunday night. And Sunday night we prayed again, asking God for some rain. And God sent us another big rainstorm. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. And so God is so good. Next picture, please. These are some children at our Children's Center. We help feed 287 kids there in the country of Brazil. And uh, the kids come to the Children's Center Monday through Friday, 7 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon. And uh, years ago when we first started the Children's Center work, with my lack of experience and lack of faith years ago, uh, one time we made food for 100 kids. And um, there was over 200 kids that showed up, and I got scared to death of my lack of experience, my lack of faith. I got scared. I said, close the gate, because we're not going to have enough food. Just close the gate, and whoever's in it can eat, and whoever doesn't come in, you know, we we can't help it, but... And so as I was taking food out of the pan, the food was, the pan was getting empty. And all of a sudden, God multiplied the food in front of my eyes. Amen. And so we made food for 100 kids. Over 200 kids showed up. People took doggy bags home. And there was still a lot of food left over. Amen. A lot of food left over. So God still provides. Amen. So um, next picture, please. Here's a classroom there at the Children's Center. And so the government does help us some with some of the expenses, but they don't help with all, but we're, we're thankful for what they do help us with, and we just make up what we need to. Next picture, please. Here's some more kids at the Children's Center. Next picture, please. And some of the kids playing. We're hoping some of these kids can become ministers in the future. Amen. The children is the church of today. Yeah. Not the church of tomorrow, the children of the church of today. Amen. Next picture, please. This here is San uh, Jardino Dorado church location. As we can, we're going to be completing these walls, getting the roof on the building here. And so we have multiple places that we're working and helping. Uh, there's a pastor for each one of these locations. Next picture, please. Here's Pastor John cabo on the left, Pastor Elio Pena, uh, the, kind, of, kind of the light blue shirt there. Pastor Sebastião next to me. And uh, this is uh, northwestern Brazil. These uh, men are a big help to us here in northwestern Brazil. And uh, next picture, please. This here is some uh, storefronts, uh, B- Brazil-Bolivia border. There's a little river behind this building. And uh, those were actual buildings in the past, those severe Rain that came through and washed out the back of the stores. It washed out the roof of the buildings. It took the people's merchandise and washed it on down the road. This is a couple of years ago. And uh, uh, going to Bolivia, this is where we passed by. So the town put those boards up so people wouldn't get hurt uh, if the uh, land falls more into the river behind that uh, behind that wall there. Uh, next picture, please. This here is going to be Sunday school classrooms at the Church of uh, Bolivia. This uh, this location here is right next to the church in Bolivia. And so future Sunday school classrooms. Next picture, please. Uh, there's a church in Bolivia. And, uh, and so that's the first church we built uh, there in Bolivia. Next picture, please. <coughs> this, we're having some breakfast before we Went back to Brazil. This is in Bolivia, nearby the Brazil border. And so from where I live to get to Bolivia, it's four hours by plane, two and a half hour drive to go into Bolivia. Next picture, please. There's a kitchen sink again. And uh, that's the kitchen sink, bathroom sink there at the sister's house. Next picture, please. That's your bathroom right there. You see the cracks in the in the wall there? That's a wood wall, so there's cracks in between the wood. And so when you gotta go to the bathroom, you just hope nobody's in the backyard. And uh but that's part of life in that part of the country. Next picture please. This brother's going into uh Peru. Uh the place where he's going to. I've never been there. And so um, uh he's he's uh, a layman and so he's taking the gospel out to Peru. Before long we're gonna need a son of preacher out there to Um, teach and preach to the people. And so this brother is being a help to us to get a brand new church location started in Peru. We have a different location that we have 15 people baptized in the country of Peru already. Amen. Next picture, please. This is uh, Pastor Jesseus, and uh, Pastor Jesseus is nearby the Brazil-Bolivia border, and uh, he's doing a, a Bible school there in that part of the country. And so be much in prayer for him, please. Next picture. This is a church I built uh, 23 years ago there in uh, northwestern Brazil. Um, Brother So Kunihiro provided the money, and I went up there to help and see that the work got done. And uh, Brother Quinahiro bought my plane ticket, uh, I'm sorry, my bus ticket to get there. I was on the bus three days and three nights to get to this location. Uh, That was the first time that I had gone out there, and uh, when I got off the bus after three days and three nights, I was happy to get off that bus. Amen. Uh, Next picture, please. This is Brother Otacilio. He's been a big help to us there at the uh, Northwestern Church, and that's his wife and their son. Uh, Next picture, please. This is Pastor Francisco up in Manaus. And uh, Pastor Francisco got the church building built this much already, and uh, he needs help putting the roof on. We haven't been able to help him at all yet, but sometime in the future we'd like to be able to help him get that roof on the church. Uh, like I mentioned, the economy is extremely bad in the country of Brazil, and so a lot of people, they're willing to work, they want to help out, they want to do, but they just don't have the resources to um, Uh, by material. Uh, But what is there, uh, they've done it themselves so far at this location. Next picture, please. This is the same property but looking at a different angle. Uh, This is looking from inside the property out to the street. The other picture that you just saw was looking from the street into the church. And so same location there. Uh, There's a balcony on that church also. Next picture, please. This is the uh, Tavachinga Church that we uh, work out of and help. This is the uh, border city of Brazil, Peru, and Colombia. In Brazil, Bolivia, uh, I'm sorry, in Brazil, Peru, and Colombia, this is uh, Tavachinga. And so um, for me to get to this place, it's an hour drive, four hours by airplane, hour and a half on another airplane to get to this location. And so Pastor Sanders is uh, the one that take care of this church. And uh, he takes us into Peru and Colombia, and um, so we've helped him quite a lot at this location uh, as we can next next picture, please. This is uh Antonio Lunda Church, and uh, since this picture was taken, we took uh, the people there. they took the uh orange streets out of there. uh people donated the land to the church, and so it's part of their property, but they donated it to the church. This is looking from the back of the property out to the street. And there's a a picture from the street uh, to the property you'll see in a little bit. But uh, that's partial foundation right there. So as we can, we're going to be building a church at this location. Next picture, please. This is a fruit called dinga. It's a sweet fruit. It's very good. And I had it for the first time last year when I was here. Uh, Next picture, please. This is looking from the street to that property, same property as you seen before, but this is looking from the street in there. And uh, so as we can, we're going to be building a place for people to worship God. This location right here, they're having church service out in the out the field. Uh, about 60 people, they're gathering in, at the field nearby here, having church service. Next picture. This is uh, Pastor John Cavaganchi and also Pastor Sebastian. The skinny pastor there, that's Pastor Sebastião, he's the one that takes care of the church at uh, Antonio Londa and uh, that's his van. He wears that van, though, helping the work of the Lord, and we're thankful for him uh, there in the country of Brazil. Next picture. That's it. That's all, folks. Amen. Any questions? Does anyone have any questions? Y'all bored and want to go home, huh? Amen. But God is so good, and uh, like I said, all the honor, all the glory go to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank the American people, the American churches that's been supporting us, helping us, and uh, it's a big, huge work. It's a big, huge world. We live in a big world. Amen. And there's a lot of people to be saved yet. Did you have a question? Okay. It depends the area. Northwestern Brazil, poverty is severe. Most of the people work for the government or else they work for the drug lords. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of work. Up in northern Brazil, Manaus, there's a lot of industry. And um, there's a lot of uh, uh, rubber companies that bought uh, property there in Brazil with uh, uh, rubber trees. And so they collect rubber and make rubber. Uh, Georgia Pacific also bought a lot of property in northern Brazil, up in Manaus, and so they harvest a lot of lumber there. Um, they also raise cattle some. Uh, northeastern Brazil, um, the, uh, North Brazil, there's some tourism that helps generate uh, resources for northeastern Brazil. Uh, northeastern Brazil, it's on the coast. Some of it's on the coast. Inland, there's not very many jobs. But uh, some of the big car manufacturers have made some some car manufacturers uh, made some factories up there. Ford is up there, and I think Toyota up in northeastern Brazil. South of that, where we live, nearby where I live, we have a Fiat car factory. Uh, Fiat's not very big and popular here in Brazil, in America I mean, But Fiat 40 years ago in Brazil, they were a nobody. But right now, Fiat is a top-selling car in the country of Brazil. Fiat car factory they're very aggressive. They make new models of cars all the time. All the time, they're making new cars. And so it generates an interest in people, and people start buying their cars. And and, um, what they do is they undercut everybody else's price at the first so they can get into the market. And so uh, that's your game plan. Southern Brazil, there's more industry and more work. There's a lot of European influence in southern Brazil. And so there's uh, some jobs there. Nearby where I live also, there's a gasoline refinery. It's called uh, Petrobras. And so there's some uh, gasoline refineries. Um, South of us and west of us, there's some uh, farming, quite a lot of farming. Uh, where we live, the soil's not too good for cattle it's not too good for farming, but f- uh, three or four hundred miles away west of us, the land is a lot better and so there's some big farms out there, and there's some cattle out west of us and also southern uh, south of us there's uh, some farming also yes, ma'am yes, ma'am uh I eat rice and beans every day there in the country of Brazil. uh, We have, I love rice and beans, and uh, if I had to take a pick over a bowl of Brazilian rice or ice cream, I'd have a hard time picking which one I'd I'd want, amen. But um, we, uh, in in Brazil, uh, we'll have a piece of bread and butter and coffee and milk for breakfast, uh, Lunch time is our big meal, and so we'll have uh, rice and beans and something to go with it. And uh, sometimes we eat supper, and it's usually rice and beans and whatever else, um, you know, vegetables and so forth. And so that's uh, the main food is rice and beans in Brazil. Uh, I, like, I like water. I've drink, uh, I like water. Uh, years ago, I used to drink some soda. I still do. I've cut back some on the soda, but uh, I like water. I love lemonade, and uh, my my wife and kids they'll usually drink soda, uh, sometimes water also, Kool Aid. Uh huh. Yes, ma'am. Uh yes, ma'am. Uh, my wife comes once in a while, and my kids who were actually born here, my son and daughter. Um, I I'm an American through mom and dad. I'm American through mom and dad. Mom and dad's American. They had me in Brazil. And so when um, when my wife and I got married, my wife is Brazilian, and uh, when my wife and I got married, um, I wanted my kids to be born in America so they could pick and choose wherever they wanted to live. If they wanted to live in America, if they wanted to live in Brazil, I thought it would be good for them to have dual citizenship like I have. It's great having, it's great to be dual citizen. It's great. Go back and forth. You don't have to get visas and and uh, stuff like that. And so um, when my wife was going to have our son, I brought her to Columbia, Tennessee. We stayed at Brother Mobley's house and then we went back to Brazil. And then when my wife was going to have our daughter, uh, we came back to America and had our daughter here. And so um, 2007, my wife became a U.S. citizen, so she's U.S. and Brazilian citizen, and so my kids are American and Brazilian also. And you never know what's going to happen, and so it's good to to have uh, dual citizenship. Amen. Yes, sir? Yes, sir. All of Brazil's Portuguese, Colombia, Peru, Bolivia, Uruguay it's Spanish. And uh, Argentina, it's a different type of language in Argentina. Um, It's similar to Spanish, but it's a little different. And so the people we minister nearby the border, they know both. And the people that takes me into Peru and Colombia, they know both. And uh, also Bolivia and the people in southern Brazil. For me to go to Uruguay, I've been there once, I drive an hour to get to the airport, two-hour flight to southern Brazil, and then a seven-hour drive to get into Uruguay. For me to go into Bolivia, I go northwest, four hours by plane, two-and-a-half-hour drive. For me to go to Peru and Colombia, I go four hours north, hour-and-a-half west by airplane. And uh, Peru, we go to, by boat. Colombia, we drive across the border. Yes, ma'am? I speak Brazilian and American, yes ma'am, uh, Portuguese, Portuguese, yeah, uh, the Portuguese from Portugal is different than the Portuguese from Brazil, it's a little similar, it's a little similar, but it's different. Praise the Lord, sister, como vai, how are you? É muito bom estar aqui na sua igreja, it's very good to be here in your church. E disse-lhes Pedro: arrependei vos e cada um de vós seja batizado em nome do Senhor Jesus Cristo para a remissão dos seus pecados, e recebereis o dom do Espírito Santo. Atac. Chapter two, verse thirty-eight. Um, este dia está muito bonito. This day is beautiful. É um prazer muito grande conhecer os irmãos. It's a pleasure to uh, meet this church, the brothers and sisters here. Amen. Yeah. I want to look at the Word of God for a little bit, and uh, in the book of John, chapter 6, one time a visiting minister asked the home pastor, he said, how long should I preach? Home pastor said, you can preach as long as you want. He said, well, what time should I quit? The home preacher said, you can quit any time you want. He said, well, what time y'all go home? What time should I stop? He said, well, you can stop any time you want. We all go home at 9 o'clock. We can preach as long as you want. <laughs> but as you're looking this up, Sister Jose, many years ago, came to our house and we we're going to have some breakfast. And uh, as we we're going to have some breakfast, we called her in and she was around the table with us and we started praying for breakfast. And as we prayed, she started crying really hard. And as soon as we got done praying, she said, What's the matter, Sister Jose? What's the problem? And She said, I see we have plenty to eat here, but my son this morning, he wanted me to buy some bread, and I didn't have any money to buy him bread. And her son was seven years old. I said, Sister Jose, let's just go ahead and eat, and we'll give you money to buy bread for your son, but just go ahead and eat with us, and we'll give you money, and you can go get some bread for your son. So it's a different world over there. Amen. It's a different world over there. John chapter 6, verse 1, I'm going to try to be brief and quick, and I I hope I'm not uh, taking too long, but I just want to leave a message with you tonight. After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of the Galilee, which the Sea of Tiberias and great multitudes followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat. Sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw the great company come unto him, and saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient, that every one may take a little. And his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men to sit down. And there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in a number of about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them, they were sat down, and likewise the fishes as much as they would. Verse 12, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, what are you going to do with the leftovers? Look the other way and ask your other neighbor, neighbor? Neighbor? What are you going to do with the leftovers? Amen. Verse 12, once again, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Now we know that multitudes of people followed Jesus. Some people followed Jesus because of the bread and the fish. Some people followed him because of the miracles that they saw. Jesus was testing the disciples and asking them, well, We're going to buy some bread that these may eat. <coughs> so Peter said, Well, 200 penny worth of bread's not sufficient that everybody will eat. To feed 5,000 people, you need some groceries. You need a whole lot of groceries. Amen. Now, if the fish, if the fish is small, I imagine that the bread is small also. Amen. And so there's five barley loaves and two small fishes. And the Bible says that when when the boy gave it to Jesus, Jesus blessed it. He told the people, sit down. Jesus can only bless what you give him. Amen. And so they gave it to Jesus. Jesus blessed it. Amen. And Jesus gave it back to the disciples. And the disciples, they parted it to the people. And everybody had eaten. Amen? Everybody had eaten. You know, today we went to a buffet. Pastor um, Penrod took me to a buffet today. All you can eat buffet. Amen? That's what Jesus had in the wilderness. Amen? That's what Jesus had. He had all you can eat buffet. Amen? So everybody ate everything they wanted, and there was some left over. And Jesus said, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. What are you going to do with the leftovers? Think about it. Now think about this. If Jesus didn't want bread to be lost, if Jesus didn't want bread to be lost, what about souls in the world? Amen? Jesus was frugal, and he was worried, and he was concerned, and he said, take up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. What can you do? What can you do with leftovers? Leftovers are good, aren't they? Leftovers are really good. Amen? Let's look over Matthew chapter 15, starting with verse 21. Matthew chapter 15, starting with verse 21, on down to 28. The Bible says, Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. This woman had a problem. Her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil. Verse 23, But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and saw him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. This woman must have really tormented the disciples. Amen. This woman must have been nagging at the disciples. Oh, Jesus, please send her away. She's crying after us. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus ignored her. Amen. And so, verse 23, But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. He insult, insulted her. Amen. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs lay the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Brothers and sisters, I thought Jesus must have had a reason to ignore this woman. He must have had a reason to insult this woman, calling her a dog. How many of you would stay in church if you were called a dog? Amen. But this woman must have heard something good about Jesus. She must have heard something good because she stayed on, she stayed on Jesus, she stayed on the disciples, and she wasn't about to let Jesus loose. Amen. And so the Canaanites, they were people that were descendants of Noah. When Noah came out of the ark, uh, Noah had a son named Ham, named and uh, Noah had a little too much to drink one day, and, and Ham, his son, saw him in an inappropriate way. <coughs> and so the Bible says that Noah, he cursed Ham, his son. And Noah cursed Canaan also because of the evil the hate, they had done, because of the mischief that they had done. They were perverts. Amen. And so the Canaanites, Jesus did not want to waste his time with her. And so she was a descendant of someone that done done evil to Noah way back. And so this woman had heard about Jesus. And her daughter had a need. Amen. her daughter had a need. And she stayed on Jesus wanting Jesus to help her. And so Jesus finally told her, Look, it's not meet for me to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She said, Truth, Lord, but the dogs, they ate the crumbs which fall from their master's table. That woman knew, that woman knew that crumbs, leftovers, bits and pieces was enough to save her daughter. That woman knew. The bits and pieces, leftovers, was enough to heal her daughter. Amen. What I'm saying is Jesus Christ is the bread of life. Amen. And the reason why this world is full of problems, the reason why this world is full of difficulties, is because people don't have Jesus. (coughs) This woman had a need, and she stayed on Jesus. Like a, like a tick stays on a dog. Amen? Amen. That woman wasn't about to give up. When she heard that she couldn't have the whole loaf, she knew the bits and pieces, she knew the leftovers was enough to save her. Yeah. Amen? Brothers and sisters, what I'm saying is, we need to give bits and pieces of the Word of God to people all in the world. And the bits and pieces of the Word of God, amen, is enough to save people out in the world. Amen. It's enough to heal people yeah. out in the world. Yeah. This woman's daughter was fixed with the devil. And little crumbs that fell off the master's table. Uh-huh. Little crumbs that fell off the master's table was enough to deliver that daughter from demon possession yeah. and save them also. Yeah. Yeah. This world's in the mess. A lot of people, their lives are broken up. A lot of lives are in pieces. People are having problems. They're having difficulties. And brothers and sisters, if Jesus didn't want bread to be lost, what about souls? What about souls? Jesus told us to go into all the world. And it's impossible for me to go into all the world. It's impossible for your pastor to go into all the world. It's impossible for you to go into all, your, all, all the world. But if I go into all of my world, your pastor goes into all of his world, each and every one of you go into all of your world, we can help save people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. yeah. Jesus doesn't want, want bread to be lost. Jesus doesn't want souls to be lost either. Amen. Years ago, about 15 years ago, uh, we had some Bible studies. And many years ago, the old style typewriters, people didn't know how to type there in the country of Brazil. And I still can't type, and so I'm not talking bad about people. I'm just explaining the situation. But mom and dad had some good Bible studies here in the country of Brazil. And the typing was not very nice looking. And so as time goes on, Things get different, and you need to modernize things and make things look better and more presentable. My wife said, you know, Daniel, we need to get these Bible studies printed up in the, in the computer so it looks more presentable, so people will give more value to them and, and see them and read them. And uh, there's a sister there in the country of Brazil. She was back sitting. And I asked her to type up that Bible study, 56 pages of Bible study. And she was backslidden, and she uh, told me she would do it, and she was good at typing. And so, when she was done, she said, oh, Brother Barber, she said, thank you very much for allowing me to type that up for you. Thank you very much. I was backslidden, far away from God. I was wanting to come back to the Lord, and I didn't have the strength to come back to God. And as I was typing up that Bible study and reading the Word of God and reading those words and, and typing it out, she said God came into her life and they gave her strength and it gave, the, uh, gave her strength and, and she was able to go to church and she got right with God and she's still in church today. Wow. Amen. <laughs> brothers and sisters, this word is powerful. Yeah. This world is powerful, brothers and sisters. And so what I'm saying is people that we come in contact with, Each and every one of you that come in contact with somebody, your brothers and sisters, co-workers, people you go to school with, people you see, your neighbors, give people the bread of life. Give people the bread of life. Amen. Because this is what they need. And so that sister, she was so thankful. And the Word of God, the the scriptures that she was reading and typing it, Onto the, uh, onto the, onto the computer. It gave her strength. It gave her strength. If you're weak in the faith, brothers and sisters, get a hold of the Word of God and start reading and search the Scriptures. Get into the Word of God and start praying, and God's gonna give you strength through that. Amen. There is a neighbor of ours here in the country of Brazil. Neighbor of my father. He's 72 years old and. As far back as I can remember, he's always been a good man, but I never remember him going to church years ago. And I started thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to start talking to him about the Lord. I'm going to start witnessing to him and telling him about the Lord and give them some Bible verses here and there and tell them the plan of salvation. And just before I came to America, he said, Thank the Lord, Brother Barber. I am so thankful that God saved me. I was running a risk of dying, going to hell without Christ. I'm 72 years old and, and uh, running a risk of dying, going to hell. And thank the Lord God saved me. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, bits and pieces of the word of God that we give to people out in the world. Bits and pieces of the word of God. Leftovers pieces of the Word of God is enough to save people. The biggest miracle is the miracle of salvation. Amen. It is wonderful to see someone healed of cancer, healed of AIDS, healed of heart disease, healed of diabetes. It is wonderful. Amen. But the best healing is the healing of the soul. Amen. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Years ago, my wife started praying for 40 backsliders. They're all back in church. My wife started praying for her brothers and sisters that's out of church. They're in church. Years ago, you couldn't say, God, Jesus, Bible, church nearby my brother. He would get extremely upset, and he'd get mad. And my wife and I, we started praying for him. And every once in a while, I'd say something to him about the word of God. Amen. And so today, my brother is an assistant pastor of an apostolic church there in the country of Brazil. Wow. Amen. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. This word of God is so rich. It is so powerful. Word of God is so rich and so powerful. Amen. And this word of God is enough to save people out in the world. It's enough to heal people. Amen. The Bible says we're the salt of the earth. is salt, we need to put a thirst in people's hearts and minds to serve Christ. Amen. And so, brothers and sisters, bits and pieces of the Word of God was enough to save that woman's daughter. Sure, they had a problem in the past. It wasn't her fault. Amen. But she had inherited that problem. But she wanted to get right with God. Amen. And she worshipped God. Even though Jesus ignored her, even though Jesus called her a dog, she worshipped him. People in this life, they have problems, they have situations. People's lives can be torn apart and in pieces. Amen. But when we share the word of God, when we share the bread of life with people in this world, they're going to get saved. They're going to get healed. Amen. You remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man. Had that rich man had the opportunity of leave that place of torment, oh, he would have been a wonderful preacher at that time. Amen? That story of Lazarus and the rich man, that rich man that was in torment, he wanted Lazarus to wet the tip of his finger and put it on the stunk to cool him. Amen? If that man had the opportunity... Of coming back, he would have been the best preacher of that time. Brothers and sisters, don't let your family die lost. Don't let your friends die lost. Whatever problem, whatever situation you or anybody else is facing, a little bit of bread from the Word of God is enough to save you. It's enough to heal you. It's enough to save your friends your family, your acquaintances, people you know. Amen? It's enough to save them. It's enough to take care of their problem. God bless you. Good to be here tonight.